0: the numbers that matter for the Ravens and how they tell the story of their season with co-host
3: Dan Reese on this week's By the Numbers. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. That was a pretty pretty wild game last week. Uh, some unfortunate things with Jackson, but uh, pretty intense the whole game. Yeah, uh, definitely. A,
0: it would have been easier to lose by being outclassed by Cleveland by more than that. And, and uh, they amazingly got back in the game with Huntley late. Uh, we, I guess we're going to, we're going to get to talking about that, but let's go ahead and uh, and start with the first number, which is 2.85. That's the number of wide receivers per play for the Ravens, a season high for them. So while most of the NFL is playing 11 personnel, which means they're using three wide receivers on most plays, sometimes they use more, maybe sometimes they use two. Uh, the Ravens in their biggest outing of the year, average <laughs> 2.85. And believe me, they've been down to just over two in other games. Um, uh, there are a couple of reasons for this. It happens. Uh, this happened, but the big was the absence of Patrick Ricard meant you had a lot of heavy snaps that were out of there, uh, and that really changed the Ravens' offense in a number of ways. And then also they got an early hole and had to start coming back. So a lot of their heavy schemes to try and support the run weren't of particular value in this game.
3: Yep, the uh, you know the the offense was kind of uh, had their game plan. Uh, set out for them based on the score you know um you know they had to had to come back quickly at the end there um which they had to do passing the ball but it you know ended up working pretty well um that I thought they did pretty well without Ricard um and, and uh, a lot of the and Boyle and you know a lot of the the big guys that um that could have been a big help so
0: yeah I agree I think it was, I think it was a it was a good effort especially considering just how short-handed they were
3: yep uh, next number is 1.43%. That was the lowest win probability based on the NFL faster model that the game got down to. Um, that was with, tw- with 1227 left in the fourth quarter with first and 10 on the Baltimore 23 when it was 24 to 9. So the game was completely out of hand at that point, uh, less than one and a half percent chance to win at that point um you know in the fourth quarter then uh Cleveland missed the field goal and Ravens uh, nearly mounted a miraculous comeback it would have been one for the ages for sure if they were able to um to pull that off uh wins, the win probability was actually able to get all the way up to uh t- near 27 percent when they got uh fourth and six at the end of the game there
0: so the fourth and sixth play exactly was twenty seven percent. So it must have been higher earlier, I would think, on that drive, right?
3: Uh, probably because it wouldn't have yeah, first gotten that maybe, bad. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were probably a little higher than that. Yeah, yeah that's that's uh, amazing. Uh, you know, a,
0: kick, a lot of comebacks they, they just don't go all the way. But the, the the flip on the onside kick alone, I'd love to know what that was in terms of win probability. Yeah, uh, uh, If you, yeah, a lot of times you DM. get to
3: one score, but very rarely do you actually convert that onside kick Mm -hmm. and then with a guy like tucker he didn't have to get too much oh man Mm -hmm. it was so close so yeah that was a shame and
0: i understand janovich i think has recovered two onside kicks already this year and all of a sudden he had some different responsibility and the ball hit him so it's interesting crazy (laughs) uh Go to my next number, which is two point four seven. The average time to throw for Tyler Huntley in this game, Uh, the fifth fastest in the entire league in Week fourteen, and yeah, this is fairly relevant because for for a number of reasons. First of all, the ball is out quickly, and it really needed to be with the Browns' edge rushers. They were in there in quick time. And even when they weren't in there in quick time, they were in there just a little bit off quick time because I noticed the difference between two and a half and three second pressures was pretty substantial this week, particularly for Villanueva. So uh, for the guys who are getting consistently backed up, need to get that ball out. Uh, He did. uh, I thought there was a considerable lack of pocket awareness from Huntley, but the quick trigger was probably actually a good thing in this game. Lamar extending plays probably would have taken a couple extra sacks in this game uh, had he been the quarterback and not, not to say he would, have also converted some off-schedule throws, but he probably would have taken a couple extra sacks to get it. Uh, anyway, it, uh, it it's an interesting differentiation because we think of Lamar and Huntley as being very similar in terms of being quarterbacks, but in terms of their, their release time, they are quite different.
3: Yeah, you know, um, a really tough situation for Huntley to be thrown in there on, um, you know, with a really tough de- defense to, to step in on and then, uh, you know, got behind quickly. Um, but I thought he played pretty, pretty admirably. Um, you know, he, uh, you know, I thought he handled the pressure pretty well. I think getting the ball out quickly helped, uh, helped, you know, him him not overthink things, just quick hitters. I think that that allowed uh, for some success.
0: It's fair to be critical of his pocket awareness to a certain degree that that he was hit from behind, hit from behind late in terms of one of the sacks that was also a fumble and, you know, killed off oh, sure. the drive. Yeah, was, yeah, you know,
3: he definitely has areas to improve for sure. And, you know, the the pocket awareness for sure, the guy catching up behind him and and, and hitting from there with Garrett. And then also with his scramble out was the guy from behind as well. So, um, you know, I... I there's definitely areas to improve, but for a UDFA, uh, with the limited reps, I thought, you know, it, it, uh, I thought he did pretty well. Um, let's see. My, my second set of numbers is, uh, four numbers, 52%, 32%, 45%, and 47%. So we know going into this week, we talked about it last week that, uh, that 11 and light personnel was going to be key for Cleveland due to the number of tight end injuries. Uh, They were in 11 personnel, 52% of week 14 snaps and 21 personnel uh, with two running backs, uh, 32% of the snaps. So um, basically uh, what is that? 84% of the snaps with only one tight end. Mm -hmm. Um, They were 45% and 47% percent successful based on yards gained respect f- respectful, respectively um, on those two personnel groupings. It was just uh, night and day results compared to um, week 12 when they ran 11 personnel, 32%, 21% or 21 personnel, 0% mm-hmm. and uh, were only 11% successful on um, the 11 personnel. So they were really not successful week 12, but very successful um this week okay i was very surprised by these numbers
0: and i'd maybe like to drill down a little bit on on this because it doesn't really match the package stats for the ravens so normally they would play they played a lot of base 36 snaps of base in this game normally they'd only do that against some form of heavy package and i was looking through and they had a bunch of snaps from janovich uh hooper played i think every snap so they had him on the field every snap, and and then they also had some double running back snaps. They had Hance in as a sixth offensive lineman on something like eighteen snaps. So I I I, I kind of want to work through maybe what happened here in terms of identifying some of these as eleven percent. I know you didn't do it. So mm-hmm. this came from wh- who did this come from?
3: Uh, sharp. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I think my guess is there might be a player misidentification there, like Hans or something is not being treated as a, as a tight end when he's in there as the sixth offensive lineman or something. And, and it's, it's hmm, kind of throwing the numbers off, but, uh, but anyway, I I, I, I digress. I, I, I think that the, that choice and, and uh, their decision to play heavy really did play into the Ravens hands when they did it in both games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Chubb held being held to, 25 carries for 75 yards in those two games is is something I think that that the Ravens can really be proud of, especially since they had Collas Campbell for about
3: what seven of those snaps. I know that was another rough loss for sure. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay, I got the next set of numbers I've got is 1 for 12, and you probably already know what that is, and minus 12.7. And, and Dan, you get credit for giving me this, and I, I apologize for using your number. It's like a, a big <laughs> negative thing, but this is all Dan's numbers. The so 1 for 12, we we all know, is 1 for 12 on third down for the Ravens in this game. And a lot of the Ravens' success came on first down, second down, and fourth down, uh, where they where they actually got points back. But on third down, they were terrible. The 1 of 12 led to minus 12.7 expected points. And that's the faster model information yep. that's giving us? Okay. Yep. Uh, uh, but uh, by comparison, the Browns were 6 of 13, which is good, but they only gained about 0.4 points from that 6 for 13. They had some shorter instances where they were more likely to get them. So their average pickup was only about 4 times, four, basically dead even with what the Ravens should have been expected to do. Not not a terrible result. Uh, but that minus 12.7, I think it's fair to say that was a difference in the game.
3: Yeah. Oh, go ahead.
0: I mean, oh, no, okay. I leverage downs for Ravens. That's all I got. I mean
3: Yeah, no, it it really was a really disappointing performance on um on, on third down, and I'll just go go ahead and dive right into my next numbers. Uh, they're about third downs as well. Uh 33% and, and 25% out of those twelve uh 12 third downs, thirty-three percent of them were for with four or fewer yards to go. Uh, And the Ravens were only one of four on those for 25%. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so in in week week 14, it was an improvement to get to short yardage with the 33% um with four fewer yards to go versus 21.7 prior to week 4 so much better on that but converting was terrible you know 1 for 4 is just not not going to cut it when you get down to that short yardage sure. before week 14 they were close to 63% yeah converting that short distance so um you know successful getting there but that's just that, that's just really pro- poor performance um to to convert 1 of 4
0: Thankfully, they went 3-4 or four on those fourth downs to to get a little bit back, I guess, there. I've got a number about third down, too. And this is really looking forward to the Ravens and Packers matchup. But the Ravens have held opponents to 32.7% conversion rate on third down, which is second best in the entire NFL. Kind of hard to believe that the Ravens, with some of the defensive problems they've had, particularly the defensive backfield, have able been able to keep that up the whole year. The Packers are 25th in the NFL, allowing 43.2%. Conversions on uh, on third down, so uh, you know that's an area. You look at this Packers team; they're very imposing in terms of what they bring in terms of weapons, both sides of the football. I would say, um, but but this is a maybe a potential weakness.
3: All right, well, good. Yep, you know the the Ravens defense has has been uh, stout for sure on, on third down, so that's great uh, to see. And you know, hopefully, we can get some pressure on them. Uh, on the early downs and, and start the run and, and get them to some long, uh, long, tough third downs. Um, and then, you know, on, on our end, I think hopefully we, we continue that uh, what we saw last week of, of getting manageable third downs and, uh, mm-hmm. and the Packers defense gives us, uh, gives us some edge on, uh, on converting them a little bit better this week. Yeah. Um, A couple other numbers looking at uh, how the Ravens and and Packers line up, uh, 48.4% and 69.7%. That's the red zone touchdown percentage allowed by the defense. So in addition to third down, um, being stout on third down, the the Ravens defense is also very stout in the red zone. Uh, They allow uh, only uh, touchdowns on only 48.4% of red zone drives, which is third best. Uh, Green Bay defense, on the other hand, allows 69.7%, which is fourth worst. Um, on offense, Baltimore is, is ninth best at converting, uh, red zone drives into touchdowns while Green Bay is only 23rd. So, hmm. you know, some, uh, some red zone edge for, uh, for the Ravens as well.
0: Right. Hopefully a lot of that will still carry over in the Huntley era. <laughs> <laughs> right. It'd be area. very so different. Weird. Yep. Yeah are you of the feeling that there's any chance that Lamar will play this week? Obviously they picked up Josh Johnson today. That's a fairly strong hand tipping indication, but he wouldn't have been a bad pickup anyway, to have a, a third quarterback available when you're you know, you have one guy who's who's hurt.
3: Yeah, but, I uh, don't I, I don't I wouldn't bet on it. And uh if he does play, I don't think he's gonna be anywhere near hundred percent, which um right. I, you know, I'd almost rather Huntley you know, he'd look decent and he uh, he offers a real threat a running, you know, versus if you take away Lamar's run game, you know, it, it, he's not, you know, not the same threat.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely not the same guy. I, I think that if you look at the, the Ravens' remaining schedule, gonna, we need to win two ball games, and one of those games has to be against Cincinnati if they're going to take the division. Uh, if they do that, I think they can almost win any of the other of the games. But definitely, if they win Pittsburgh, which is their most likely other win, they've probably got it. So uh, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to have all attention right now bypassing the Packers and focused on that Cincinnati game, frankly, because I think their chance to beat the Packers with or without Lamar is actually pretty darn low. I would agree, yep. All right. Let's look at one more stat that's been plaguing the Ravens all year. You'll see it really stick out this week. Plus 12 and minus 9. The Packers are plus 12 in takeaway differential, the best in the entire NFL. The Ravens are minus – actually, I think they might be second best. And the, and the Ravens are minus 9, dead last in the NFL. So uh, that's a pretty strong differential there. Unfortunately, it's been a very unRavens-like year when you look at that minus nine number. I mean, I, I just there, I know there have been times when the Ravens have had really bad turnover takeaway, but it's been some of the really bad Ravens teams of all time. You know that that. Um, 2013 year I know they were not good I think they were not good maybe in 2015 when they had all the injuries but uh, they're missing all their defensive playmakers they don't have Marcus Peters they don't have Marlon Humphrey and all his forced fumbles from last year Um, they're really just lacking in terms of defensive playmakers and they paired that up with a terrible season so far from Lamar Lamar Jackson in terms of of uh, turnovers for himself so uh, tough year for the ravens very unravens like and, and it's one of the things i hope they will find out how to get fixed via the draft and and hopefully some offseason work for lamar
3: yeah it was great seeing um seeing avery get an interception last week that was uh that was fun to see <laughs> and mm-hmm. um you know also fun for the game but uh but good to see him get one um but yeah it's been amazing the the how well the ravens have done with such a poor uh, takeaway differential, I think, you know, that's mm-hmm. been a big talking point. And, um, you know, that, that that their win-loss percentage is uh, is pretty amazing considering that takeaway differential. So mm-hmm. um, my last numbers are 58.9% and three. Uh, with Sunday's game being in the afternoon, Rogers' completion percentage in afternoon games this year is 58.9%. That compares to 72.3% in early games and 71.6% in late games, four games in each of those windows this year for, for the Packers. Also three of his four interceptions have been in afternoon games. Uh, so, so I'm pretty sure that, uh, that is definitely statistically significant and we can <laughs> we can guarantee that he, he was struggle that. this afternoon <laughs> for sure. No, just kidding. Just being silly. But, um, You know, uh, it's going to be like we mentioned, it's probably going to be a little bit of a a tough matchup. So I'm just uh, just kind of having fun and looking for anything that can can give me some hope going into this uh, this matchup that maybe Rodgers will have an off afternoon.
0: It 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 always you know kind of gets me when when gambling sites will give you their record as a road dog over the last decade and uh, in the division and this that like how could that possibly matter? (laughs) Give me a a logical explanation in words over why that would matter. The other one is is anybody telling me the Ravens are going to lose in preseason? It's like, okay, that's fine. Give me your reasoning for that. I don't want to hear you have a hunch. I I, I don't want to hear, you know, I like New England and Brady and this. Well, why Brady? He's not gonna play in a preseason game. <laughs> <There>
3: you <are. laughs> why do you why do you <laughs> unless you've got insight what, in the third yeah, QB? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's the kind of stuff you gotta know. And or you gotta know about defensive depth, like I always say. But anyway, yeah. it, it's you, you never get anything meaningful. But if you really wanna wanna get a guy to lie to himself about what's going on with his own gambling knowledge, get him to tell you about it preseason handicapping and then they'll, <laughs> <laughs> then they'll do it. Yeah. All right. Outstanding. Always a pleasure doing this show with you, Dan. Uh, tell folks where they can talk football with you.
3: Yeah. Reach out on Twitter, uh, DP Reese, and then the number eight, uh, happy to talk Ravens and uh, talk any of these stats or whatever. Um, just reach out.
0: Outstanding. We have uh, 25 years episodes still being recorded. If you want to do one, I've got a couple more ideas today. So I'm thinking about extending it. Uh, give me a DM on Twitter. Twitter DMs are open. Uh, simple idea of what you want to do. Uh, something nice and narrow that we can do in about 20, 25 minutes. We had some great ones recorded recently. we have been really enjoying them and uh, and they'll be out real soon. Uh, Dan, uh, thanks for doing the show for me all year. We've got four more weeks to do, maybe another Four on top of that. Let's, let's be as positive as possible. There you go. Yeah. To get yep. us through this well, As many
3: more as we can get in this season sounds good to me. Yep. Very good. All right. I will right. we'll talk to you next time on Film
0: Study.